0: And by the sound of your snoring, you have developed it quite well. Do I hear amen from some of the ladies? That is not the quiet time we were talking about. I'm talking about a time that you set aside to be quiet before the Lord, a time to read and study the Bible, a time to pray and personally worship God. That's the quiet time we're referring to. And you may be thinking, do I really need to do that? You know, That's why I come to church and I get enough here well let me ask you a couple questions and let me start with this one this may not, you may not think it's related but it is what did you eat for lunch today? I want you to think about that for a minute what's that? I'll tell you what I had I had homemade cornbread I'm not talking about cornbread muffins I'm talking about cornbread the kind that like, is crusty on the edges and you peel it off and the steam rolls off and you put a dab of butter on it you, you got that taste? Um, I had Uh, pinto beans, the kinds with the big hunks of of country ham in it. I mean, when you stir it, I mean, you can see the ham rolling through it. I had that with that cornbread, and I had some homemade slaw. It's not coleslaw, it's slaw. Y'all, I am getting southernized, I'm telling you. Yeah, I hear that. Guys, yeah, my wife is a great cook, And I went home, and I had that for lunch today. Guys, I don't miss too many meals. You can tell by looking at me. I don't miss too many meals. You probably don't either. But you know what? We go to the table for nourishment. And we usually do that at least three times a day. But you know what? Days go by sometimes. Weeks go by sometimes. And we leave this spiritual nourishment sitting on a table to then take it and wipe off the dust... And carry it to church with us again. That ought not to be. This ought to be a regular diet in our lives, in our spiritual lives, for nourishment. And we're going to talk more about that uh, tonight. Now, what are some things that begin to happen when we skip our spiritual nourishment? Talk to me. What are some things that happen when you, some, for some reason, you get busy and you don't do your Bible reading and you don't do your quiet time? What starts to happen so let me be honest. What happens? And I mean about you, but what happens in general when we do that? It gets worse. You, you what? It gets worse. it gets worse. Life gets worse. I hear something else over here. You start to backslide. Okay. What else? Do you get grumpy? Boy, sometimes I'm a lot more grumpy. I, know, I think, man, why am I so ill? My nerves are huge and people are tap dancing on them. And I'm thinking, why is that happening? Why? It's been, you know, been a couple of days. I missed my quiet time. That's part of it, right? Our attitude changes. We get grumpy. We we begin to worry a lot more. What do you think that happens? The peace of mind that's in our lives. Boy, we get away from some of those promises and reading God's word. And all of a sudden we start worrying again. What else? No direction. direction. Great point. That's true. And you know what's amazing to me? And we'll talk about this some more. It's amazing how God brings the Scripture for the exact day that we need it. You ever notice that? Man, when you start to see that, you start going, Whoa, i got to read it today because something's going to happen and the answer is going to be right there in God's Word. Boy, that's so important. How about this? We don't exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. All those begin to wane, don't they? We don't grow into mature believers. We don't know the Bible. We don't know how to handle the Bible. Somebody may come up and say, you're a Christian, you know where it says in the Bible about this and that? And we go, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't really study the Bible. I, I go to church, but I, you know, I don't know where that is and I don't know I even know how to look it up. Guys, most important, here's, here's the most important one. We miss out on getting to know the God of the universe that wants to fellowship with us. I mean, just, I don't think that sinks in. I don't think sometimes that sinks in, that the God of the universe wants to fellowship with me. And I go, eh, yeah. Do, do we get that? Do we understand that? I think all those things happen when we don't have our quiet time. We don't make our time with God a priority at times. It's not our priority. Can you imagine if we treated our earthly relationships the, same, uh, uh, the way some of us treat our relationships with the Lord. Can you imagine that? I want you to think about this one. Uh, I pull up my phone. Dear Sherry, I know I haven't talked to you all day, but I'm in a pinch. Will you do something for me, please? Thank you for everything you did yesterday. I appreciate your love. But I ask that you please finish the wash, water the grass and flowers. Go get the groceries. But make sure you buy cheap. Get the kids ready for bed. Make sure they're safe. Let's see. Is there anything else? Uh, I think that's it. Thanks again. I'll call you again when I need you to do something else. Bye. Can you imagine no if cornbread. I treated my wife? Do What? Yeah, no more cornbread for me. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point, Karen. But folks, listen, we laugh about that, the way I would treat Sherry that way if I did that. But guys, how many times is that the way we treat God. And Sherry would be, Are you ser- if I hung up and called her that way and hung up, she'd be like, are you serious? <laughs> but you know what? God's probably standing there going, Kevin, are you serious? That's the extent of your relationship. I become a heavenly bellhop or this genie that grants all of your wishes. God wants so much more than that from us. In order to know someone, to know your wife, your kids, your friends, you have to spend time with them. You have to spend time with them. I want you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Some of you, I've given you some verses to read out tonight, and when I call on you, if you'll make sure you project that so folks can hear. But I'll be reading some of these. Uh, Ephesians chapter 1, we're going to begin in verse 15. God wants to really uh, know you. Listen to what Paul says to the church at Ephesus. Again, Ephesians 1, beginning in verse 15. It says, For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now here's the important part. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Stop right there. Paul prayed that the eyes of their hearts would be enlightened. The eyes of their hearts would be enlightened. Could it be that the reason you struggle to be consistent in your quiet time, or that we never seem to have enough time for a quiet time, or we don't get much out of a quiet time, is really because, and here comes a huge theological answer, don't miss it, we don't want to we don't want to we don't see the point we have more important things to do it's a waste of time to us we have not been enlightened to the fact that we can actually know God that was Paul's prayer for the church here to know the power of God to know him Paul prayed that the church would be enlightened to know God. But before we talk about ideas of things we can do in a quiet time, we must back up and ask God to enlighten us to the fact that we can know Him. Do you want to know Him? If you honestly say in your heart, I don't really have the desire to know Him, then one of two things is wrong. One of two things is wrong. And please know that I am not trying to judge you, but I ask you to judge yourself. Here they are, either you were never saved or you were saved and have never grown spiritually in the understanding of a relationship with Jesus Christ. If in your heart you know that you were saved, you were never saved, I'm sorry, you can change that. I would love to talk to you tonight after the service. Pastor Scott would like to schedule an appointment with you to come in and talk and we'll we'll show you from God's word how you can know, according to God's word, that you're saved. Also, if, you're, if your heart, in your heart, you know you've been saved, then your prayer for yourself needs to be the same that, that, that Paul prayed for the, for the church at Ephesus. Enlighten the eyes of my heart. God, give me the desire to know you. Boy, do we pray that? Open my eyes to really know you. Give me that desire to want to know you. And then Paul goes on to the specifics. Read again. Look at verse 18. Listen to these specifics that he gives. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. He's he's given you hope. He has a calling for you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints to really understand the riches of God and what is immeasurable greatness. It's immeasurable by, by man's standards, this greatness, but God wants to reveal it to us of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. The power that he used to raise Christ from the dead, he wants us to know about that power. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Just look over a few chapters at chapter 3. Here's another one, verse 17. Verse 17. It says this, 317, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see that? Does that sound like we... We serve a God who wants to stand afar off and wants to be way off and just kind of see things from afar. No, He wants to come and be personally involved in each one of our lives. So here are the steps. Step one, ask God, and it's on your sheet, ask God to truly give you the desire to know Him. And step two, ask God to show you how to know Him boy, those are some pretty simplified prayers, but that's where we need to start. Before we start talking about methods of what we do in a quiet time, the desire needs to be in our heart. And If the desire is in our heart, a lot of those methods and things we do to find out about God are gonna take care of themselves. So ask God for the desire and then to show you how to know him. That obviously will require time, like we said, spent with God. James 4 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. J. Oswald Saunders once said, you are as close to God right now as you want to be. Jesus was an example to us. Who did I give Mark one thirty-five to? Okay. Did you read that, Brad? In the morning, the great days. he rose up and went out, a place and departed into That was Jesus. That was Jesus. He's an example. He knew this was important that he take time to set aside and get alone and get quiet with his heavenly father. It was in the morning. We'll talk about that in a minute on what time we should do it. There's there's some ideas there. Who has Isaiah 50 verse 4? Okay, Dan Here's another reference about the morning. Uh, The morning is a good time to set aside for a quiet time. Why? Uh, We haven't jumped in the busyness of the day. Sometimes when we get up and we get ready and we move in and we grab our planner, all of a sudden we've hit the ground running and we're checking off our list. And all of a sudden the day is over and we go, oh, I had no time there set aside to be with the Lord. So the morning's a good time. Uh, We have the whole day to meditate on what we've read. You know, sometimes when we, if we do it late at night and we read God's Word, sometimes we may fall asleep because we're so tired while we're reading. Um, we, we go to sleep after we read. We have no idea when we got up the next day what we even read because we were so tired. Sometimes that's not the best time to do that. Uh, we want to apply it to our day. The next thing is we can begin the conversation with God in prayer and can continue that through the day. Well, we start our day off talking to God and the Bible says to pray without ceasing. We can't stay on our knees all day or in our prayer closet, but we go out and we continue that conversation through the day with God. Maybe it's quick one-sentence prayers through the day, but that first prayer that we have in the morning is, is maybe a, a longer prayer that we, we focus in and we'll talk about some things we can focus on when we, when we go into our quiet time with prayer. Some of you in here are not morning people. You're saying, Kevin, I am not a morning person. In fact, until I've had my third cup of coffee, I'm like in a coma and I have no idea I'm on the earth till I you know, got through half a pot of coffee. So you know, the morning time is not good because if you read before the coffee, your coffee, you're going to be clueless to what you just read. You read words, you got done, you set aside, you checked it off, and you go, I have no idea what I just read. So maybe the morning's not a good time. But maybe you say, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set aside some of the time I set aside for exercise. Maybe some of you in the morning do exercise, and maybe at the end of your exercise time, before you head off into your day, you set aside some time right there. You're wide awake, and you can do that, and you, you set it aside there. Or maybe it's at your lunch break. Maybe you have a lunch hour, and, and you say, hey, I, can, I could take 40 minutes of my lunch break, and the, uh, the last 20 minutes, I'll, I'll dedicate that to going, getting back to my office and shutting the door and getting in there and digging into my Bible study. Maybe that's your time. Maybe it's after the kids are put down to bed. You're at home, you're doing all your stuff, and you, you put the kids to bed, you cut the TV off, and you sit over at the kitchen table and you say, "Now is the time I want to do that." When it gets quiet, I can, I can set aside and do that. The point is this, that you set aside a time, that you guard it and then begin to make it a habit. And that will help you to stay in the word, that you make it special, dedicated time. Who has Psalm 46:10? Okay, Pam? Be still and know that I am God. Boy, in our society, guys, is that rare? We are so busy. We are so busy. Our kids are playing on several sports teams. We've got all this stuff going on. And a lot of times, it can be good stuff. But at some point, we've got to be still, and that... that Crazy phone call, that's kind of our prayers because we hit this wall and there's this emergency. We go, okay, God, I got an emergency. We, we rattle off this prayer and, and, and we don't take time to sit and go, okay, God, I'm going to be still and I want to listen to your voice. When do we do that? We need to take time to be still and to listen, to pray and then say, God, what is it you want to say to me? Maybe we incorporate some of that prayer time in our commute to work, you know, we get creative with some of our time management, and instead of turning on that CD or, and sometimes it's great music, Christian music, we turn it to you know one of the stations on the radio that we have in the area, and we sing. And I'm I'm that way. I'll get in the car, and people will probably drive by and think that man is weird, Because I'm singing to the top of my voice in the car. But maybe it's some time that we turn all that off. Leave our eyes open. We don't have to close our eyes. Leave our eyes open while we're driving, but we use that time to pray. We say, God, here's some things that are going on, and. Is there anything you want to say to me? When a conversation was with somebody else, we we leave time to get some dialogue back. We need to do that with God. We need to do that with God. Matthew six five and six. Who has that one? Okay. Yes, sir. it is important to have a quiet time for the right reasons. It's not so others can see us and think, whoa, he's spiritual. That's hypocritical. That's pharisaical. And it's so God knows that our motives are pure. That when we go in secret, we shut the door, and it's just us and God, and we're praying, are we there impressing anybody? Are we there for anybody else to hear what we're saying? No. A corporate prayer those prayers are for everyone. So, you know, personal time of prayer doesn't happen in corporate prayer. But, but when we go into our prayer closet, we're just talking about here, that's personal time with God. And I would encourage you to make it personal. If it means sometimes that you go into your room and you shut all the doors and nobody's in the house, that you lay down flat on your face sometimes before God. Boy, that posture sometimes, it really, I, I think God notices that posture you know, we see our kids, and sometimes they bow next to their bed on their knees when they were little, especially, but do that and fold their hands, and, you know, we say, oh, that's so cute. But Guys, there's a need sometimes to bow before the Lord, to sometimes get in our face before God. And when he sees us do that, he knows, Kevin's serious. I would challenge you at times, if you're dealing with something right now in your life, you say, Kevin, I need prayer over that, I would challenge you to get alone. Go somewhere and get alone and get on your face and see what it does. See what it does in your prayer time. I challenge you to do that. Go into your prayer closet. I want you, I've got a reading assignment on there. It's Ephesians 6, 10-20. We're not going to time, have time to read it tonight, so I want to give that to you as a reading assignment, maybe even your quiet time to read that. The devil does not want you to have a relationship with God. Did you know that? There is spiritual warfare that goes on, and that's what this passage is talking about. And when you're praying, when you're reading God's word, when you're serving God, you are a threat to the devil's will. You know what the devil's will for your life is? It's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He wants to sift you and make you. If you're a believer, the only way he can take your life is if God gives him permission. But you know what he wants to do? He wants to render you ineffective as a believer. He wants to totally ruin your your testimony so he can have people go, look over there at Kevin Seeger. See what he did? What an idiot. And he claims to be a Christian. That's why I'm not a Christian right there. And Satan goes, yes, that is my will for Kevin Seeger. That's his will for your life. To sift you and to ruin your testimony if you're a believer. That is another reason why it is so hard to have a regular quiet time. There is spiritual warfare going on. Folks, is it any mystery that Sundays are the toughest day to get ready in the morning? You ever notice that? I mean, we can get the kids out the door to school and make it to work by 8 a.m., but try to make it to church by 9 a.m. I mean, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. I mean, when our kids were little, they'd, we'd be walking out the door and they'd mess the diaper. You're like, oh, you're running back in. I mean, it's always something on Sunday morning. And you're, you finally, like, get in the car, we're going to go be spiritual. You know, you're telling your kids that. You're yelling at them, you know, to get there. And then you get there and you go, hey, brother, bless you. You know, I mean, that's kind of what happens. And that's spiritual warfare. It's the same way with our quiet time. The devil does not want you to fellowship with God. And he is going to throw things in your way every chance he gets to trip you up and to keep you from that fellowship with God. Don't let him do it. Don't let him do it. Fight against that and ask God to help you fight against that. Okay, so you've, you've picked a time, hopefully in your mind, you're thinking about a time, you know that would be a time, I could, I could have a quiet time. You're thinking in your mind, you can do it here, and you're already thinking, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. What do you do when you, okay, you're in your quiet time, you sit down, you've got your Bible. Let's talk a little bit about the mechanics, okay? And, and, I, and I use that word lightly because I don't want your quiet time to become mechanical. If it does, then you've just done it to check off a list, and it's not become a, a, a personal time with you and God. So be careful how much mechanics you put in it. Make it personal between you and God. Um, here, here's something you can do. In your prayer, you can follow an acrostic that has the word Acts. You see it written there on your sheet. And here's some things you can incorporate to begin your time when you sit down to come before the Lord in your quiet time. There, there, here's a prayer model. The first one, the A, is adoration. Write that down. Adoration. That's the A in Acts. Acknowledge the things that God has done for you. Tell him that you love him, that you care for him. The C is confession. If there are things in your life that you know are, are hurting the fellowship between you and God, then confess those things, and he'll forgive you for those. Get rid of them. I, I tell people that confession, not confessing is like driving a car with three good tires and one bad tire. You can still run down the road, but it doesn't work very good. We need to have all four tires up there in it. And we don't confess our sin. We're not what we could be for the Lord... If we will confess that and get it out of our life, and then you maybe even forget, you say, "Well, what did I? Do? I wonder if there's anything I did." I mean, hopefully, when you did it, you get to the point where you, the Holy Spirit conviction right there, instead of having to wait till that, that night or in the morning, the next morning. But right when you do something, and the Holy Spirit says, "Kevin, that was dumb," and you go, "You're right. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that." And if I affected somebody else, I go to that person and I say, "What I just said was really not nice, and I'm sorry I said that. I hope you forgive me." And we need to be in tune to the Holy Spirit that we're doing that through the day. But maybe in our quiet time when we sit down, we go, God, is there anything in my life that I need to lay before you and confess before you and shine a light on it? Kind of like we do when we have the Lord's Supper. You know, when we sit and we examine ourselves. That confession time's important, isn't it? And then there's the T, Thanksgiving. Guys, thank God for the big blessings and thank God for the little blessings. Man, when you start thinking about all of the things that God has blessed us with. I mean, you could sit there for hours to thank Him for the blessings that we have. Folks, we, we're beyond blessed. A lot of ways, we're spoiled. God has blessed us in so many ways. Do we tell Him thank you for that? Do we tell Him thank you? And then the last one is supplication. That is the request for you and for others and, and that's the one we, we normally when we pray, when we were make, you know, laughing earlier, that's what we do normally. Our prayer time is just totally supplication of saying, God, here's my needs. That is important. Um, one of the things I want to encourage you to do with that is keep a little journal. I keep this one on my computer. It's, on my, it's right there below my computer monitor and, and I've written things in here. Um, top of the list is my wife. It's right there. And, and my kids are in here. My, my immediate family my extended family's in here, my church family, the needs that I know about what's going on with my church. I write in here, and I pull that book out periodically, and I just read through things that are going on. Rod, I got your name in here. I'm going read the bottom here. Just pointing out some, I mean, there are names in here of, of things that I know, of things going through stuff that I, I pull it out and I read it. And then I, when there's, a, there's a, a specific prayer need, and, and then God answers that, I write it in there. I leave it in there. Why? Because I go back and say, man, look what God did there. I remember what he did here. I mean, you just go through that journal and you have that sitting there. And in your prayer time, you can pull out, you you can hide it in between the mattress or in your nightstand or wherever you have your quiet time and pull that thing out and be looking through that. And just as you read them, you're praying for those people. Guys, these things are like a buck at Walmart. Get you one. Keep it. And write that stuff in there and pray for those needs of those people. I encourage you to do that. So there's the Acts prayer model. There's another thing, is to ask God to help you understand His Word. The Holy Spirit's called our teacher, and before we read out of the Bible, we got to say, God, please help me understand what you want to say to me through your Word today. Give me understanding. And then get a good Bible that you can read and understand. And I know that the King James Version is a favorite, and if you grew up on it and understand it, keep on. Use it use the King James. But there are other good translations out there. The English Standard Version. If you pull the Bible out of the rack, that's the translation that's there. It's a little bit more modern language, but it's a literal translation. And it's going to go word for word compared with the regular, uh, the original text or the manuscripts. And it's, they're good translations. Look at the front of the Bible. It'll tell you. It's a literal translation. The ESV is getting great marks. I would encourage that. Another one, I have that one. I have this ESV study Bible. It's pretty bulky and big. I got it on purpose. But you'll notice it's a hard, it's a hard cover. But you go in here and just open into this page. This is Psalm 56, 57. This is all um, the passage, and there's a lot of room here where you can make notes and write in it. Write in your Bible. I encourage you to do that. People say, oh, don't write. No, write in your Bible. Make notes. And down here, this whole section is study notes. Man, you run into a verse that you don't totally understand. Understand, you go down here to the study notes and look and get explanation. And dig in deeper. You read it and you go, what does that mean? You look up the verse down here in the, in the uh, study notes and it gives you a really good explanation. Helps you dig in further to the passage and understand what it's saying. I'd encourage you to get a good study Bible. I have another one. It's a New King James uh, Version, which is one of my favorites too because I grew up on the King James. It just changes a lot of these and thous. And, and I use it. I use it in, in sermon preparation. It's the John MacArthur study Bible, uh, New King James Translation. Some great notes. Great notes. At the beginning, this is Obadiah, at the beginning it gives you history, background, I mean it gives you all kinds of information to understand the audience, who it, who it was being written to, and as you read through the books of the Bible and you get that understanding of why they wrote that book of the Bible, it will open up a whole new idea to you as to what God was doing in that passage. So use these study Bibles for your Bible study. And make notes. I even have a journal on the side. If you want to keep a journal on the side and write down the things that you're learning as you read and the questions that you have, those questions can be great material to call up a respected person that you, you know and, and know they know a lot about the Scripture and say, hey, I read this. And what do you think? Um, being that I'm the minister of education, a lot of my Sunday school teachers, they'll call me up and say, Kevin, I was reading through the lesson and it says this and I don't have a clue. And maybe I don't have a clue. And maybe I have to say, well, you know what? I'll go look, and we'll look this up, and we'll work through it. And I love those phone calls, because you know what that does? It stretches me, too, to look those things up and be able to give an explanation and to dig in. I would encourage you, as you read through your quiet time and you come up on a stumper, dig in and see that, grab that spiritual nugget that God has in that passage and, and grow as a believer as you read the Bible. Do that. Start a systematic reading schedule. You say, Where do I start to read in the Bible? Where do I go? Uh, some feel the need to read the Bible through in a year, and we have those schedules available from 91.9, and that's admirable. I personally cannot retain that amount of reading in that amount of time. I can't do it in a year. I mean, when I try it, I end up reading a bunch of pages, and I go, You know what? I have no idea what I just read. Uh, about a month ago, I finished reading through the Bible, finished the Old Testament. Uh, through Malachi, got done with it, and Malachi was an unbelievable, I was like, man, I forgot how practical Malachi is. I started back through the New Testament, but it took me three years to get all the way through. But I wasn't reading for volume, I was reading to retain what it was saying. And I want to encourage you guys, read the Bible for life change. Isn't that why we, why we read it? It's not to check it off and say, I did my Bible reading today. It's to read it so that it will change us. Who has James 1, 22 to 25? Go ahead, Mike, read that for us. So basically, James warns against that very thing. If we read it and simply read it to, to read it and check it off, we're not doing justice in reading God's Word. It needs to change us. We need to be a doer of the Word, not a hearer only. Okay. So let me, let me encourage you. Your reading needs to have legs on it to do something with what you're reading in the Bible. What are some ways to make sure we remember what we've read? I've already said make a journal. Write down your thoughts as you read. I learn better that way. As I write it and see it, I, I learn better. Write down the questions. We've already talked about that. Uh, read the same passage several times. Maybe you say, for the next two days, I'm going to read this same passage. And you read it for a couple days instead of just one day. And you just you read it over and you just marinate it through. And you, you, you dwell on it and think about it more. I would encourage you to do that. You can do this. You can use the Sunday School quarterly. Now, most, I think all of us are on the Gospel Project still. Uh, what you can do, there's some things in here, and I'm going to look at this week's coming lesson. We're on, we just finished 12, because next week's the last uh, semester. Uh, I mean the last week, I'm sorry, before the next semester. And on session 12, uh, it says to read, and we go back to 13, at the end of section 12... It says, respond in your life. This is designed for the devotion at the end of your Sunday school lesson to reflect on what you learned today. So in your quiet time, you could say, you know what? On Monday, I'm going to read that because I want to reflect on what we just talked about in Sunday school. I'm going to read that lesson. On Tuesday, I'm going to do my Bible reading that I'm going through systematically. I've started maybe in Matthew, and I'm working through the Gospels. So I'll read on Tuesday my my Bible reading. On Wednesday, I'll do my Bible reading again, where I left off. I'll keep going. On Thursday, I'm going to go to my Sunday school quarterly, uh, 13, and you go to Ready Your Heart. Now, there's two of these. On On Thursday, you could read The Return, it's called, Unfinished Masterpiece. That's this week's reading. On Thursday, you read that, and that has to do with the Sunday school lesson coming up. And then on Friday, the same thing, you've got another one, a ready your heart for session 13. Longing, living, looking. There's another devotion in your quarterly that you read that. And then on Saturday, if you need something to read, you could go and read the Sunday school lesson. Go ahead and read it through. And when you, into, when you get into Sunday school, you are gonna know a lot of the answers and you are gonna be the teacher's pet. Right, Brad? <laughs> you will already know the lesson a lot of what's going on and have a vital part in the discussion as your teacher begins to ask those questions. You've already got that in your hands. You say, Kevin, where do I go for Bible study? Folks, it's in your hands that we pass out every quarter in your Sunday school quarterly. There's four days, at least, if you want to go this route, of your Bible study in your quarterly. And you could have two days of your own personal Bible reading. That's just a suggestion. But pray about it. Ask God to give you something to read. There's nothing, though, that, that, that you need to take away from studying God's Word. I want to encourage you to make that a priority, that you begin to work through book by book through the Bible and understand uh, what it says. Anybody have a comment? I want, I've been doing all the talking. Is there anybody that has a comment that wants to share an insight on your Bible study? Mike? Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, That's a a great point. He's saying, if you can't hear in the back, there are some study helps that would help you understand the books of the Bible. A couple of of those things is a good Bible dictionary. Now, you can go to Lifeway and some of these uh, uh, Christian bookstores and go to the people up front and say, where are your Bible dictionaries and which ones do you recommend? And go back and get them and begin looking through those. Unger's Bible Handbook is another one that has some great historical background about what's going on in that book. You go and can read a lot of the background and cultural information that's going on when that book was written. Boy, it'll give you a great understanding. You'll see actual pictures from that place and maps that go along. Uh, with that book of the Bible that will help you to know some timelines, to know where it fell into history and where it falls in that timeline. Those are all great helps. Uh, good point, Mike. And I would encourage you. And, and husbands and wives, those are great presents for Christmas or birthday. If your spouse doesn't have one of those, um, you can go and get some of those to help them in their Bible study. What a great gift that would be to give them some helps in their Bible study. Great comment. Somebody else. Yes, Marilyn. On Mondays, I usually take the pastor's sermon mm-hmm. and I go through it again. And I will look up scriptures that come to my mind that are that he has mentioned just offhand. Mm-hmm. Write them out. And I can, it'll send me someplace else. You know, Cross-reference. Bible, mm-hmm. a reference, mm-hmm. Cross-reference list. if you can't hear in the back, what she's saying is she takes Pastor Scott's message notes and when he refers to a passage that relates to the, maybe we don't turn in it, but he reads it, she writes that down and then goes to the cross-references in her Bible and explores that, those ideas further. One of the things Ms. Marilyn's saying is when we begin to unlock some of the depth of God's word, what we begin to realize is this thing is very, very deep and endless, And it really is God's Word. We say that. This is God's Word. But are you thinking about that? This is God's Word. The words of God. Sometimes we say that flippantly, don't we? There's another comment somewhere else. Yes, sir. Rich? I think that's different for some folks. Some folks can multitask, but you're right. Yes, sure. Okay. Okay. Blue Letter Bible app, and that's at the app store. Is it free? The, those are those are some great apps that are out there. I've got the ESV app on my on my iPad, and you can make notes uh, right there on each verse. And there are some great helps that are out there. And if you go to the app store and start looking around, there's all kinds of stuff out there uh, for Bible helps. The last comment there on your page, I put down chew on it, talk to God about it, and then expect God to use what you read that day. Boy, should we go in our day expecting that? I want to encourage you to do that to grab on to what you read. Maybe it's as you read, there's one verse in there that just really nails you and you highlight it and you just chew on it, meditate on it, and then see and expect God to do something with that verse. Who knows? Somebody may need to hear that verse that very day. coming together that bring different life experiences to them. Mm -hmm. And I happened to mention something in regard to scripture that we were studying and uh, just shared a little bit of my past history and uh, turns out two other ladies came to me and she said, they said, I'm the same as you. Mm. And yet had we not been able to come together, we would not have known that about each other. And so automatically pick up a connection and you pick up support and then you also are driven back to God's Word about how they are coping with their life situation through God's Word. And you, you pick that up from other people. Uh, it, I think the ladies' Bible studies are in the The small what She's talking about is the small group Bible studies. Now most of you in here are involved in a Sunday school class and that's important that you get plugged into that and study the Bible and interact in that class. But then there's also Bible studies that are offered uh, as special uh, closed group and short-term Bible studies, whether they be a 11-week, 8-week, or whatever, t- that we encourage you to get involved in because that will challenge you. And the needs that you have are probably the needs that others in that group have. And, and God seems to always bring together the right people at the right time to be in that group and to really encourage each other. And so, yes, I would, I would please encourage you to be a part of those small group uh, Bible studies. Some great comments, guys. I hope tonight there's been some things, maybe some nuggets you've taken. Again, Scott said last week, this stuff's not rocket science, but boy, to sit back down and, and to focus in on who we are as believers is very, very important, isn't it? Would you all agree that we need to do that? I want to challenge you. Make your personal quiet time a priority and see what God does with that. I want to ask a bold question. How many of you would say, I need to do better with my quiet time? I'm raising my hand first. Yep. (laughs) We can always improve, can't we? And I want to encourage you as we leave to do that. Let's pray. And why don't you talk to the Lord right now for just a moment. Silently where you're seated. And you talk to Him about tonight. And what He said to you. And then I'm going to ask Dr. Willis if he'll close us in just a moment in prayer. Would you do that? Let's pray silently for a moment.